As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This podcast is brought to you in part by Wistia, the video hosting platform for business. Go to wistia.com forward slash rocket ship and get a 90 day free trial. Welcome to the rocket ship podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Matt Goldman. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talked with Michael Jammin, a screenwriter in Hollywood who's written for shows like King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, a ton of other ones that you've heard of. And he's currently right now working on a show called Marin. This was a really, really interesting episode. I'm curious what you guys thought. Yeah, Michael took us back to school on the topic of storytelling. And he really changed the entire way I think about it, uh, both in a position of watching television uh, and also in how to promote a product and the story that you should be telling about your company and also about you know your customer's experience with your product. 
Yeah, he literally breaks down what is a story. So right now, just take a minute and and define a story in one minute or in one sentence and see if you can, because I couldn't. Um, and, and he takes us through kind of how to formulate that compelling story for your company um, to to relate, to make, to make yourself more relatable. So um, yeah, let's get into it. Earth Class Mail moves your snail mail into the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7 and integrates with tools and services you use every day. It's crazy that we've moved everything we do for business over to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. With Earth Class Mail, you can get all of your mail scanned and accessible online 24-7. You can search for your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks instantly, and really make running your business as a whole a lot easier. You'll also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. Go to earthclassmail forward slash rocket ship and get your first two months of the starter package absolutely free. All right. So Michael, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you have kind of a, uh, you have multiple careers here. One, you're a screenwriter and you've worked on shows like uh, Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill. Um, and you also um, work on Twirly Girl. So you kind of bridge two gaps here between TV and then um, e-commerce. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some storytelling today. And I'd love to kind of get a background how you got into screenwriting and writing stories for a living. Well, that was uh, as a kid, that's all I wanted to do. I, I, as, uh, Cheers was my favorite show. And I remember watching the credits and thinking, well, if I can just be a grip on that, sh- on Cheers, then maybe I can work my way up to being a writer, mm. not knowing that actually grip is higher than writer and you work your way, <laughs> you work your way down. So then I, after college, I moved to L.A., and that was my whole, my whole goal was just to become a, a comedy writer. And, um, and I'm, I was lucky enough to, to get there. So I've written on, but uh, I don't know, past 20 years, that's how I've made my living on a wow. bunch of shows. Did you do stand-up, um, or did you go right into screenwriting? I did stand-up for about 10 minutes when I was in college. I didn't <laughs> want to do it anymore. Because you're working, you know, it's like nights, it's like weekends and you're traveling a lot. I, I thought it'd be a lot better if I could just write for somebody else and have them, you know, go through all the agony. Okay. <laughs> so someone comes to you with a new idea. Um, how do you find the story in that? Oh, uh, for on, on, on a TV show, you mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're working with a new team. How do they kind of come up with oh. those initial, you know, knowing what's going to be impactful in that story? Right. That's a good question. So uh, most sitcoms have a writing room and, you know, you have writers sitting around a table. It could be eight or 10 people and, um, and you're just bouncing out ideas and there's a showrunner, there's a boss and that person's job is to kind of shape and decide what gets in and what doesn't get in. And, and typically you'll talk about an idea for a day or so, and then you'll start making notes on a whiteboard and, uh, and you'll divide things into, into acts. What would make a good act break here? What's another good act break? What's a good moment in act two, what we call a swivel. So uh, that's kind of how, that's kind of how it works is you, you create a structure. And then after you have this structure, one of the writers will go off and turn in an outline. That'll take maybe a week. And then, We'll give notes on that, and then another week or two to write it from an outline to a story to a you know screenplay, and then they'll come back in and we'll rewrite the whole thing all over again as a group. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so how do you know when you're writing um, what what elements need to be there? Or, or maybe you could just kind of take us through what elements make up a good story. Yeah, well, that's it's funny because I, I work with a lot of professional writers, obviously, and um, and all of them in their gut know what a story. They just they can they know what a story is, but it's very hard. Not all of them can actually define it, and it's very hard for them to figure out. This is just something I've learned along the way from all the you know I've written. I've had a lot of great teachers, and mm. so um, it's int- if you're going to write a story, it doesn't matter whether you're going to write a screenplay or a teleplay, or you're going to use it for in your marketing purposes for emails, or you're going to put it on your web page on your about about us page. If you're going to write a story, you're going to try to engage people. I think we all accept the fact that storytelling is important for branding. But if you're going to tell a story, it's very important to know exactly what a story is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give and I, kind of the example I use is if, if an alien came to, to planet Earth and you managed to enslave this alien and, and tell them, okay, alien, you know, even though you have better technology than me, I'm now your boss, uh, build me a birdhouse. Well, the first thing this alien would have to do is look up what a birdhouse is, right? Yeah. So a birdhouse is like, you know, four walls and there's a hole in the structure with the hole in the middle and provides shelter for flying creatures. Okay, so now this alien can build a birdhouse. They have an idea. So it's the same thing with the story. If you're going to build a story, you have to know, okay, what exactly is a story? So I'm going to say to you guys, I'm going to put you on the spot, define what a story is in, in one sentence. Um, and it's hard. This is hard. So a story is, um, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> and you, you've seen millions of stories, right? This is, this is the, I'm gonna, I know I'm putting you on the spot. It's okay. You're going to get this wrong and you're supposed to get it wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, a story is a, um, a, I'm going to use a tale, uh, that has a beginning, middle and end. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's tough. Okay. You gave the exact you gave the exact right answer. The one I was looking for. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna curse for one second, and you can bleep me out. Right? <laughs> okay. So you just said a tale a tale with a, a beginning, middle, and end. Well, you know what else has a, a beginning, middle, and end? A piece of shit. That's exactly <laughs> what you just wrote. <laughs> and that's and that's what a lot of people think a story is. It's not a big. That's that's not helpful. And you got it wrong. And I'm glad you said that because it's that's what 99 people. You know, percent of the people out there think what a story is. Okay. So I'm going to define a story for you in one sentence, and this is going to change the way you look at everything. It's going to change the way you look at TV shows, movies. It's going to change all your marketing ideas, how you create emails. It's going to change everything. Okay. okay? So if you're at home and you're taking notes, this is what you. This is the one thing you need to write write down, and then you can tune out the rest. So a story uh, tells the struggle of a hero uh, fighting an obstacle. To achieve a goal, okay. that's it. Hero, obstacle, goal. Interesting. It's the struggle of a hero fighting an obstacle to achieve a goal, and that's it. Okay. And it's not two goals. It's not three obstacles. It's one, one, and one, and that's it. So I'm going to give you an example, uh, just for everyone. You know, uh, an example that everyone's familiar with. Mm-hmm. So Jack and the Beanstalk. Yep. So who's the hero? Jack. Good. Got it right. The hero is usually usually got his name in the title. So, what is his uh, goal? Um, Shoot, it's it's. I'm I'm trying to remember the story. Yeah, to get to the top of the beanstalk. Beanstalk, right? The giant. Good. Well, that's okay. the goal. That's the obstacle. The obstacle is the giant. Is the giant? I I forget what his motivation. The money to buy. Your, 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 I don't know. 
<laughs> getting really close. So his, uh, his goal was the goose that laid the golden egg. The goose, okay. okay. So when you want to tell your story, the, to make a story more compelling, you want your obstacle to be as big as possible and your goal to be as, as great as possible. So the goal was not the goose that laid the bronze eggs or the silver eggs. It was mm-hmm. the golden eggs. Okay. And the obstacle wasn't an angry dwarf or an upset unicorn. It was a man. It was a giant. It was a mean giant. Right. Okay? Uh, you know, he drank the blood of Englishmen. So that's how you make your story more compelling. You make your obstacle bigger and you make your, your goal more rootable. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that, that's what that's on one level. So on one level, this doesn't make the story good yet. The story is not good yet, but at least we have a foundation. Okay. So, cause right now we are telling the story of a kid who's basically a thief. He wants to steal. He's stealing stuff, right? We don't root for that person. He's a thief. So how do we root for him? So the stories on one level, okay, what does Jack want? He wants the goose laid to golden legs, but what does he really want? And this is where you have to dig a little deeper. What does Jack really want? Happiness? Not quite. If you got to remember the beginning of the story. Yeah, that's what I'm blanking. Vague, by the way. Um, he wants riches. Yeah, but why? Yeah, what is, why does he want that? Is he poor? Yeah, you're getting there, getting closer. What does he really want? He wants power? No. No, um, it's because you don't remember the story. But if I, I don't I, help me out, Joel. <laughs> I, I'm not jumping in because I don't remember the story. But <laughs> it, was it like approval from his father? Almost, almost. You're very close. So uh, basically, in the beginning of the story, his mo- his mother, he wants his, his mother's approval. Says, "Okay, Jack, we're running out of money. Take this cow to town, and and you know get some money with it." Okay. Um, you know, because we, we need food. Now, there's a hole in the story. Why do they just milk the cow? Why do they just kill the cow and eat steak? I don't know. We don't know that part. So, they, you know, let's gloss over that. But she says, go to town and, you know, get some money for this cow. It's really important. Jack, don't, okay, Jack says, I won't let you down. He goes to town. Along the way, he meets a stranger who says, hey, man, I'll forget money. I got magic beans. I'll trade you this cow for magic beans. Jack's thinking, well, that's even better, right? I'll take these beans home. He comes home. Look, mom, I got magic beans for the cow. And the mom's furious. She's Jack, you idiot. She throws the beans out the window, and the next day there's a beanstalk. So what does Jack really want? He wants to prove to his mother that he's not a failure, right? Mm-hmm. That's hugely relatable. Right. That's what he really wants. Okay. Just, so now you're rooting for him. You're not rooting for him because a minute ago he was just a thief. Now we're rooting for him because he wants his mother's approval. He wants to prove that he's not a loser. Right. So I'm going to give you another example. This is more fun, I think, because everyone knows this one. Uh, the movie Rocky. You guys have both seen Rocky, right? No. If you haven't, <laughs> stop the podcast now. And just watch Rocky. <laughs> Rocky is one of the best. Honestly, it, it won the Academy Award. It's one of the best movies ever made. Okay. Now, okay, they made Creed. Creed was just released now. It's like Rocky 8. It's, the, mm-hmm. it's another version of Rocky. So basically, I'm sorry you haven't seen it because it's a, it's a wonderful movie, but it's basically a story of, of a street guy. All, he, all he's doing is he breaks thumbs for a living, you know, when people can't, you know, pay their debts. And Rocky wants, uh, Rocky's going to fight Apollo Creed. Right. Uh, and he's going to prove to himself, he's going to prove to the world that he's, he's worth something. So that's, that's just another example. So Rocky, what does he want? He wanted to go the distance. He knew he couldn't even win. He just wanted to go the distance. He wanted to prove to the world he wasn't a loser and to himself he wasn't a loser. That was his goal. And the obstacle was Apollo Creed, which was his opponent. Now, mm-hmm. Apollo 
wasn't just like a, a good boxer. He was the world champion. He was super smart, really handsome, a great businessman. This guy, he was named after a god. I mean, this guy was not, the obstacle wasn't small. The obstacle was huge, okay. right? And the goal was huge. It was, and the goal wasn't, uh, I wanted to be the world champion. That's not realistic. It was just to go the distance. So it was such a wonderfully, I mean, just amazing movie. And so that's what he really wanted was to prove you know, that he wasn't a loser. And that's the difference between Rocky one and Rocky's two through eight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay. it's the same movie. It's about a guy, you know, in a, in a ring, in a fighting ring. Yep. It's about this guy beating up other people. That's not the good part. The good part is what you, what the character really wants. So, uh, that's basically what, that's basically what a story is. And then I'll tell you how you can, you know, I guess the next step is to show you how to use this for any kind of your marketing efforts. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. Uh, when Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. .com. That's business.att.com. Yeah, and, well, and to, just to kind of tie it back to some of the things we've talked about in the past is when we've had people on that are talking about giving a pitch, whether it's to investors or someone that you're trying to sell on your product, the number one thing that we keep hearing is not to focus on like the details of the how and, and features and things. It's like, what is the big obstacle? Why are you doing it? And you know, it, it's what you just said. It's what's your motivation for doing this? What's the op- obstacle you're overcoming and the goal that you're trying to achieve? And all the details that we are so tempted to get sucked into are really irrelevant until way further down the line. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, th- I think that's exactly right. When I, I sometimes will see people's about us page or I'll talk to people, you know, who have businesses and they'll say, well, you know, my goal is to provide the best service possible and make your company grow. And I'm, that's not your goal. That no, it's, I mean, I, I'm not buying that for a second. You know, hmm. if you, maybe they sell, you know, uh, roofing shingles. My goal is that you have a dry house. No, it's not. That's not why you got into business. If you, if it was come over to my house and work for free, you know, your goal, if you're going to tell your story, just be authentic. And it's, you don't have to be a hero, but just be authentic and tell why you got into this. Um, it's because, you know, you didn't, you were working. You had a nine to five job that was not satisfying. That you weren't didn't feel like you make a bit. You were going to make a difference in the world, or maybe your mother didn't think you were going to grow up to anything, and you want to prove. To, you know, maybe you were not a, a good student in high school, and you want to prove to the world that you know you can do something. You can create something bigger and bigger than yourself. That's kind of a that's an interesting goal. That's relatable. And so, yes, to do that, you're going to provide excellent customer service by selling roofing shingles or whatever. But that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it. That, you know, be personal. Let's talk about yourself, why you got into this and why you're, what are you trying to achieve and how, you know, I think people, that's how people connect with brands. It's like, I don't think people connect with brands. They connect to the stories behind the brand. Um, and, you know, just as, you know, as an example, when I first got into, you know, twirl, helping my wife out run Twirly Girl, you know, and, and got into the marketing, you know, I'm a storyteller, but how do I use that for the help with marketing? And I'd watch some webinars and I'd watch, um, you know, and read down white papers, and I'd listen to these kind of Madison Avenue guys, they, and they'd say, you know, it's all about storytelling, and they'd show a picture, I remember one guy showed a picture 
of a woman wearing jeans on the beach. And, you know, this is, I, I, I don't know, they're selling jeans, I guess. I don't know. But he's like, look at this. This picture tells a story. And I remember thinking, doesn't, what? no, it doesn't. There's no story there. I see a picture of a woman on the beach. You know, and he kind of continued that, you know, she's, maybe she, uh, she dumped her boyfriend. Maybe she's uh, on vacation from a job and about to start a whole new adventure and, and open up a, you know, a surfing shop or something. But that's not in the picture. That's what you're asking the viewer to bring to the picture. That's, there's no story there. And so I, I kind of hear it misused a lot, and that kind of irks me. Nike, on the other hand, you know, several years ago, they had, they had a campaign that I felt very much told a story, and it was just do it. That was their, I don't know if that's still their logo. I think but it, it was, is, yeah. That's how effective it was. So yeah. it was, you know, people in wheelchairs. They can't walk, but just do it. They get out in there and play basketball. So what's their goal? Their goal is to become, you know, well-rounded and live rich lives, and the obstacle is, well, they can't walk. So these people probably don't even need sneakers. It doesn't matter. That's not what Nike's selling there. That's not the story they're telling. They're telling the story of people who are trying to achieve a, a goal while fighting an obstacle. They're stuck in a wheelchair. So that whole campaign, or it was about weekend warriors, about people just, you know, having just ordinary people just wanting to improve themselves on the weekends and become athletic. That's, that's a campaign that told a story. And for a brand like Nike, like they, were, they didn't say, you know, Air Jordans are make you jump higher and jump. I've actually never heard that. Um, so how does it relate to a, a business? Like how, how are they communicating what they are when their story is, is very different, you know, not different, but just it's, it's very uh, emotional driven, um, yeah. but not feature driven. Yeah. Right. And, and so how does that relate in the marketing sense? Cause I think we have a, you know, like Joel was saying, we just have a natural inclination to Tell the features. This is what I put shingles on your roof. Um, and not that I give you a better life. Especially as things get more and more competitive and everyone's trying to like edge out, you know, the other the other companies and people that are like them, then it's really tempting to to dig into features and things like that. Yeah, right. Well, I'll tell you I mean how how we use it as you know, just yet last night, you know, we we have a we have we get comments on our website software that you know collects comments and one of the comments was like oh i love this brand these people they're great customer service but this woman just went on and on about how much she loved twirly girl mm. and and it was so it was lovely and and it was because we don't just tell you know i could tell you this, the features of our dresses but i don't think that's what she was connecting with i think right. she was and it wasn't also just our customer service. It wasn't the fact that we, you know, bent over backwards to make people happy. It wasn't just that. It was that she goes on her website and she'll see everywhere we go, I cram stories in there. Um, you know, like I said, on our About Us page, and I'll tell you more about how we do that, on our email marketing campaigns, on our, uh, even our product descriptions. It's not just, we're not just describing them. We're kind of creating a little world for people to, to get in. And I, I know, um, so all of, our, all of our dresses and skirts that we create, I write a little story. This is this is getting a little literal, but I write a story that describes them. So, um, kind of a little fantasy. So it kind of tells you about the dress, but in a in a fantastical way. And I and I actually got that idea from I was a huge Seinfeld fan years ago, mm. and they had the, they used to make fun of the Jay Peterman catalog. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> See, you could have asked us about a Seinfeld episode. Then I would have seen. Then you know that. Would you remember remember Elaine worked for Jay Peterman? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. So Jay Peterman was. The whole, the, and that's a real company. So they sell, you know, clothing. But it wasn't when they describe their clothing. It's not they don't tell you about the features of a raincoat. They say, oh, I found this coat on 
you know, in the Serengeti while going out back hunting lion, you know, it's all about creating a world. It's like, it's, right. all, it's not, it's not even real. It's just, it's exaggeration. And I just love that. So, um, we kind of did the same thing for Twirly Girl. We could kind of make a world of fantasy. So when this woman was commenting on our, on our site, I think that's what she was responding to. The fact that, you know, we put stories everywhere and we just, so you can relate to us just so you can, just so we're not just selling, selling, selling. It's kind of, you know, just you're learning about us. We're entertaining you, I think. Yeah, and I noticed from reading through your site and and reading kind of like the the Twitter feed, um, it is creating. You're selling not just the dress, but but happiness or childhood. That's right? exactly yeah childhood. yeah. And I'll and that's that. I'm glad you picked up on it. So that's that's the story we tell. So my wife had a, has a very personal story that we tell, and um, and we only started telling it recently because it was very painful for her, for her. But she kind of wanted to. She kind of wanted to share it. It was about time she wanted to share it. Mm-hmm. So once we did start sharing it, I think people really attached to it. And so basically, uh, this is how Twirly Girl came about was uh, when my girls turned, our girls turned uh, around, around seven, it was very difficult for my wife to see that because they were, you know, they were growing up. And seven was a very difficult, that's when my wife, when she was seven, started getting, was being abused. Right. So her childhood was taken from her. She didn't, she never had a real childhood. And now seeing my girls or our girls hit that age, was like, oh God, she looked at them. She's like, you know, I can't believe that's how small I was. And so what she wanted to do on some level was just help. Uh, she wanted to make a very special dress for our girls when they were about that age. So she took some sewing classes and she taught herself and we live in LA. So she went down to the fashion district and she bought rolls of fabric and she made these dresses, but like really good. I mean, the stitching was top, you know, the fabric was super soft and it was all because she wasn't trying to sell our girls our dresses. She just wanted to make them something special. So obviously she wasn't going to, you know, cheap out on any step. So she made these dresses and and soon, and the dresses were all about that. It was all about kind of create, recreating a childhood for her that she didn't have. So just exploding with joy, just innocence and all about twirling. It's all about getting that dress to spin around. And it's just about capturing that one moment that, that kind of that essence of childhood that she didn't have for our daughters. And so she made these dresses and very colorful and, and light and co- super comfortable. And the seams were all hidden. So they, cause they're itchy. So they're, the seams are all tucked away from their bodies. So, you know, our girls would love them. And then other people saw them, other mothers saw these dresses and, Hey, can you make us some? And, and so Cynthia started, started doing that. And pretty soon, like there was way more demand than she could, she could keep up with. You know, in the beginning she was sewing them in our dining room table. And now soon she had outsourced it, she had had our sewers. But at, at the end of the day, they're still the same dresses. They're super high quality. And it's all about celebrating that childhood joys. Now these aren't the cheapest dresses. They, I think, you know, I think they're, they're very specialized dresses. Yeah. So, so that's what, that's her story. Now that's a kind of, in my mind, it's a very heroic story because, you know, she really overcame a lot to, to do this, um, to kind of recreate her childhood, but everyone has a story to share and it doesn't have to be, you know, that heroic. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, your own personal story. Why did you get into what you're doing? What you know, what do you want and what did you really want? What did you really want to get out of this? Do companies like Nike has a story? Is there a, a way to find that story for your company and not only just you, right? Well, it, you know, that's a, I think that's also a good question because I've, I've talked to other e-commerce people about this. And I think there's, there's, a, um, there's a sense among a, a lot of us that you want your company to appear bigger than you really are because, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of an ego thing. 
you know, um, and you don't want to make it seem like you only have a few employees or something. But um, I think in the beginning, that might be a mistake. I think you want to, I think, you know, I think you want people to think that they're connecting with you. And so you're, when you tell your story, why you got into the business and why you're trying to help, I think that if you're the boss, I think that's your company story. I think that's the ethic that you're going to pass out, that you're going to have all your employees, you know, obey, right? It's, right. you know, um, so, but I also know some, some brands don't want, they, I guess they don't want to be, they don't want their customers to know too much about them because if there's a problem, they don't want people taking it up the ladder and complaining to the, to the boss. They want to have like a layer. And so, um, you know, that's something to consider, I guess, but that's not, that's just not how we do it. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. And, and that's, you know, a good point. And maybe that Nike story comes from the founder anyway. Uh, we don't know, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, cool. Um, is there, are there, is there anything, um, else that you kind of do when you're writing a story that you'd like people to know about? Um, sure. Well, you know, also, by the way, is, like I said, even though we have stories on our website, I think this applies to brands that don't want to do that as well. It's like Mm -hmm. you can tell your customer's story. You can tell when you're when you're lecturing it. See if you're going to give a, a talk somewhere. If if you go back and you retrace this podcast, I use the same kind of structure to talk about storytelling. Right. Um, I said, "What do you want? You want to connect with your customers, but you don't know how to. What's the op? That's that's your goal. But what's the obstacle? The obstacle is you don't know how to do this. You don't know how to tell stories. You don't even know what a story is. You can't define a story. So even as I was talking to you, I was using the same exact story structure." That I'm trying to tell you about. Yeah. Hero, obstacle, goal. Who's the hero? You're the hero. What do you want? You want to connect with your your audience, audience yeah. customers. What's the what's the obstacles? You don't know how to do it, right? <laughs> so it's the same thing. So um, you know, I'll yeah. Here's something that you can walk away with tonight when you're watching TV or you go to a movie. Uh, look at your watch. The minute the movie starts, look at your watch and like hit hit the stopwatch. And see when you can identify the hero, obstacle, and the goal when you're watching. The sooner you can identify those three things, that's when the story starts. When you identify those, as the viewer, when you can identify those three things. If you can't identify it, you're going to get bored. You're going to get what we call itchy butt. You're going to like, I'm going to want to get up. You're going to get bored. If you're in a theater, that's why people walk out of movies that they pay $15 to pay for. Because the story hasn't started yet. They don't, or they can't figure out what the story is. Right? Is there a, a time limit that you hit, try to hit in a TV show? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, people have that remote control in their hand. Yep. You know, they're going to change the channel. So, uh, and they should. You know, I'm not, no one's being held hostage. So, if you can't identify the hero when I'm writing, it's got to be usually, you know, maybe the first two pages of what we call the cold opening, something silly and fun, mm-hmm. and then. After that, you get another – I like to have the story started after another two or three pages after that. So basically five pages into what would be maybe a 30-page script. Soon, man. The okay. sooner the better. And when you're writing a sitcom, um, you have to do that for each episode, right? Right. Yeah. Right. You have to re-identify the hero quickly or whoever's going to be the hero in that episode potentially? Yeah. And there have been times – even when I'm when I'm writing a scene or you're watching a scene on set and you're like, this scene is terrible. I don't know. Why is this bad? And then and you look at the script and you with called and I always say the same thing to myself, what does the hero want? Uh, if you can't identify that in the scene, you got a bad scene. Okay. And so I, even on the set I've I've had to do some rewrites where you kind of just throw in 
you know, what the character, what I really want. You have the guy say what he wants. <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, and as you're talking through this, I'm just thinking like, if I'm going to give an elevator pitch for Churnbuster, do I start, you know, if, if I have someone's attention for like three or four sentences, like straight start. elevator pitch, do no you problem. just tell the story or do you start with like the first sentence is a kind of a high level version of the story before you even get into what it is that well, the product does? I get, I mean, I think you, I think in your hinting at this earlier, it, it, you're, the question is like, um, what, what's problem? Is it, what, uh, what is this? Uh, what does my product solve? What problem does it solve? Right. So I guess in that sense, you might talk about, you know, you know, I guess who you're pitching to, what they, what the problem, what problem they have, what do they want? What's the obstacle keeping it from? I would just you know, jump right into it. What do you want? What do you, and what's the obstacle? And focus less on like the, the why you're doing it. Well, I guess I, I guess I might need a more concrete example. I might have to hear what you're. I mean, do you want to say what it is? I mean, yeah. So, so Turnbuster's a um, a product and a service that helps recurring revenue companies get customers back that um, are churning out because their credit cards fail. Okay. So, you know, in the elevator pitch, do you say um, we we tackle involuntary churn um, due to failed payments? by doing X, Y, Z, and we have returns of blah, blah, blah? Or is it like, we were running a business for a while too, just like yours, and you know this was a big headache, and we started talking to people, um, and you know go into like m- something more relatable? Well, you know what? People love to talk, people love to talk about themselves. So I would kind of just jump and take it from that angle. Yeah. But you have customers, but they're leaving you because why? Because their credit cards are, you know, they're changing their credit cards, and now they're gone. So you have all these people that you once sold to, now they're gone. How do you get them back? Does that, does that sound like what your product solves? Is that the product? Right, that, yeah. Yeah, I'm that, just trying to, to figure out, like, you know, if you have, you know, a few minutes to talk to someone and you're trying to both craft a story and just get across the, the high-level points of what service well, you're providing, I um, would, a good way to, like, balance that out. Well, I would make, again, I, I guess I would make them the hero of the story. They're the hero. What's their goal? Their goal is to make money, right? And not lose customers. What's the obstacle? Churn because of credit card churn. So I'd phrase in that sense. And, I, and by the way, I'm not, the, I'm not an expert on elevator pitches, but I know people like to talk about themselves. So <laughs> here's, here's your problem. Your problem, you know, he, your problem is you're losing customers and you, you don't, and you can't afford to do that. That's, so your goal is to keep those customers. What's the obstacle? They're leaving because their credit card is churning. I have the answer for you. I got the solution. Right. And when they're the hero... Yeah, I'd make um, a hero. That's right. yeah, that's uh, that's very relatable, you know, for them. They know that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, where where do we keep up with you? What do you What are you writing now? And where do we find Twirly Girl? Well, okay. So I'm currently uh, my partner and I are showrunners of a show called Marin on IFC, and it's been on for four years, and you no, know, <laughs> anybody's watching it. But uh, we're on, we're on TV, we're on Netflix, um, and then of course I, I, you know, I do all the marketing for Twirly Girl, and that's twirlygirlshop.com. And if you go to the site and you poke around, I know you'll find. Oh, look at this guy's got he's hot, he's hiding stories everywhere. I mean, and or if you get on our email list, you go every time I send in an email, it's the same thing. It's like I'm telling a different story. Uh, it's it might, sometimes it's the customer story, sometimes it's my story, sometimes it's it's simple. Hey, look at that. That's Hollywood calling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, sometimes it's a. That's so weird. I'm sorry about that. No, it's all good. That's all. Okay. So, uh, but, but I pack stories everywhere. So it's like, um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's, website. it's the, the more your customer can learn about you. Cause it's, you know, that the problem is with the internet is you're hiding as opposed to a brick and mortar, you know, I'm hiding behind a computer and people, I can't interact with them and they can't interact with me. So I think the way you get people to interact is open up, tell them about yourself, just be authentic. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be an action story. Just tell them about who you are, what do you want and how you're going about it. And I, and people will read it. And I think that's how they get, that's how they relate to you. And, um, and certainly on your, on social media, you know, that's how they, that's how you get people to, to engage with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's it's awesome. Um, I I've learned a lot, so uh, I can tell you what a story is now. I, so. not yet. <laughs> and, yeah. and again, I know I put you on the spot, but I'm telling you, I've worked with plenty of writers who who they they would say the same exact thing, and, you, and then I tell them, you, really, this is how I look at it, and they yeah. go, oh yeah, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, it's not about having a hundred goals. You want one goal, one goal. You split that goal. You want one goal, and you want one obstacle. And so when you write, whatever you're writing, whatever, that's, that's how you want to focus things. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. I hope that was helpful. Yeah. That was great. Great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.
setting you where some easy money was We robbed a man and brother, did we fly? But the posse caught up with me and they dragged me back to Muscovy And now it's two long years waiting around to die Drink or lie 